Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 194th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, the resident queen of Animal Crossing New Horizons, my co-host here on the Hungry Games podcast. You can find her at Miss Ellie Hart. Miss Ellie Hart, how are you doing this Saturday morning slash Friday afternoon? I am doing... Episode 194. Doing very well, thank you. And um, thank you for the titleship of Queen of Animal Crossing New Horizons. I literally looked at how long I've been playing with it just this morning and it's 305 hours. So I need Holy to stop. Holy moly, I need that to is stop. a lot of hours. Yeah. Okay, so... So where are you at? Like, I know we probably talk about this a little bit in what you've been up to, but I figure because we've let off with this monumental <laughs> hourly breakdown here, 300 oh, plus hours. Yeah. You've obviously finished. You've got. You've had KK come and play his gig. Mm-hmm. Still not, or he has? No, he's he's been a gone okay. and comes every Saturday, and I try to um, get the hidden tracks that you can request from him. So taking advantage of that um yeah i've got all the visitors i've got red visiting and i'm purposefully buying his fake stuff because um i bought a painting that was haunted so i'm kind of into buying haunted stuff yeah that's that's such a cool thing i remember when you told me about this i didn't even know it was such a thing like i knew they had the fake paintings but then they had the fake haunted paintings Mm -hmm. like so much depth to this game that I'm still constantly getting amazed by little things. Like it's kind of sound very silly, but um, I only realized probably in the past week or so, um, if you long press on the, the A button, you can sort of hold items and push them around. I didn't know you could actually manually move them Aww. after like, I don't know, 150 hours, 200, whatever it might've been, a substantial amount of hours. So you've been picking up and putting back down and picking up and putting back down, even if you're like slightly off by like a square. Yeah. Yeah. And it took me like, I built the, um, like my little professional wrestling arena and to get the final corner in there, it took me not even joking, 15 minutes of picking up, putting down, angling, picking up, putting down. And then... Then I saw on like, I think it might've been a YouTube video or something where, yeah, someone you held it, you can move it and then you can obviously do the rotate mm-hmm. with it as well. Uh, and it's, it's just opened up my eyes again, just little things like that. And, and even moving things like with little wheels on them and seeing little wheels turn when you move it, like yeah. the little attentions to detail that this game has just I'm like, wow, this is, you know, there's so much depth and care and attention paid to this game. It's, it's really astounding. Yeah. You know what? Talking about little details the other day, I noticed like when you walk into your house if like if it's sunset outside you can actually see from your window like the sunset coming through your window like damn yeah i'm like i didn't even know this it's it's such a little tiny detail but when you notice it you really appreciate it so yeah uh, it's crazy wonderful game yeah i'm I'm still i'm still so heavily invested i'm not at 300 hours but i know i'd be (laughs) over 200 Mm. uh it's 
it's just the great little time sink, the great little distractor. Uh, I still haven't encountered Red. I don't know if he comes randomly or on certain days. Well, I know the little beach where he sort of moors his ship, but I haven't noticed it there when I've been roaming around the island. So I haven't had any encounters to buy art, good fake or otherwise. Well, I'm trying to remember what actually signals him um, because I know a s- specific event actually triggers it. Like you, He hasn't been on your island at all. Not walking Not that I've around. Seen, but I could have also missed it because I've sort of terraformed like directly in front of where the little beach is where he dock. Same. So I can see it, but I'd have to be paying specific attention so to that space. If you've seen his boat, that means he's been... Oh, you haven't seen his boat? Okay. No, haven't seen his boat. Because you have to talk with him first. Have you had um, Tom Nook say there's been sketchy people around the island? I think so. I, I vaguely remember mm. a conversation with Tom. I thought he was referring to myself, so I sort of just dismissed it. So, <laughs> well, it's, since he's had that announcement, you've just got to like look look in that square where he sets up shop, and then look for him walking around your island, and then talk to him. So he he'll be walking around your island first. Okay, I think the big issue is there's no way down to that spot without taking the manual ladder out so maybe i need to terraform no 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 it's fine it don't matter no yeah it's fine i'm i'm two levels up where he parks so it doesn't matter okay okay i'll just have to keep my eyes peeled but um i've settled on settled on my my villager crew of 10 Mm -hmm. so i've done done much uh shuffling in and out via way of a, a sneaky hack that i've uh come across with i've downloaded this app called um joycon droid which only works on samsung uh, samsung phones due to their nfc capabilities and this thing can emulate a joycon controller but it can also then um, use the digital download amiibo bin files so i found all the amiibo files online (laughs) got them all for free so i've got like the 400 amiibos on my phone and i can trick the phone into seeing the amiibo as the joycon into the game to bring them to my campsite. So uh, Rach and I have been doing the back and forth, trying to assemble like our little dream rosters on the island. So I finally settled on that after much, much sort of moving and shaking and I'm at peace with the world now. Wow. I might have to get you because I've got one more space left and I'm saving it just in case I get this one guy that I want. I've mentioned him before. It's Hamlet. Yeah, Hamlet. Yeah. So yeah. Um, let me know this weekend. Just let me know when you're on. I can get him to the island in two seconds. You pop over and you can send him straight over. Oh my gosh. So yeah. excitement. Easy done. Easy done. But um, I've, I've gone with like mixed animal species across the island. So I haven't got any duplicates of like birds or deers. So I've got sort of one of everything going on. I've got um, like I've got an alligator there. I've got uh, Eric, the the reindeer running around there. I've got Stitches, the bear there. I've got Lucky, the dog. Uh, it, it's a very diverse, very unique and eclectic bunch running around the island, but they're good fun. Yeah, I like, it's incredible. Like I had two that I didn't like and I adore them now. So they're a part of the family. I adore them. And um, yeah, I've just been saving that one spot. I'm sitting on nine and just in case. <laughs> so. uh, well, I'll... um. I'll ping you when I jump on and when I bring him to the island and then I'll just open up the gates and you can roll straight in and, and get Hamlet and away he goes. Oh my God. My island There's probably a complete. business that could be done out of this. Probably. Like the amount of black market hustling that takes place just to buy the goddamn physical Amiibo cars that we got burnt on um, <laughs> was an undertaking in itself. So You should try. There's a lot of people who are desperate for Raymond the cat. 
I've, I got him. He was one of just one of the randoms that rocked up to my Me island. Me too. I don't understand why people are saying he's rare because he was like the second person I encountered. Yeah, got Raymond, and also I can't remember her name, but the pink octopus. A lot of people want oh, as well. Yeah, I know. She she rocked about. up to my island just just on a whim as well. So. Mm. Yeah, but I had Lionel the Lion. He was like my 10th member I decided on. And then I jumped into the game yesterday and he decided he was just moving. Like, didn't even tell me he was moving out. They just said like <laughs> on the Isabel announcements, oh, it's Lionel's last day. I'm like, oh, <laughs> thanks for telling me. He's like a prick. So <laughs> tossed him out and I brought in Eugene the koala as, as my 10th. <laughs> just love he brought this guy in and he's like... F this place, I'm out. Yeah, just oh, bounced. Great. That's, that's... And he wasn't cheap. Like, obviously, you do the three days in a row to, mm-hmm. to sort of hard recruit them in and you got to make them something every day. And he was like, oh, I'd like an ironwood dresser and then I'd like an ironwood this. So it's like 10 wood, chunk of iron every single time. Killed me. So I grinded out wow. and made it on. And then he shot through. <laughs> He's... I think you got robbed. <laughs> I think I did. I got fleeced by this old lion. Did he leave the furniture? Lion or the lion. <laughs> No, all gone. <laughs> oh my God, Brendan got robbed on Animal Crossing by a yeah. fucking lion. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one thing too, before I sort of pivot off, off my Animal Crossing adventures is when you force the villagers to move out by doing that three day in a row thing, mm. the, the new villager that moves in, the house doesn't change to suit them. You know how they've all got their own unique houses? Yeah. They actually will move into the previous tenant's house. They'll, the furniture and everything inside changes to their look. But the outside stays to whoever was in there prior, which is a bit of a pain in the bum. I guess so. I'm pretty lucky because mine haven't had like, I've seen some crazy looking houses. Like I've seen like tiki huts. I've seen bright pink houses and stuff. And mine are okay. Mine are okay. They don't usually mess with my vibe. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. No. But it's just good fun. Still, Still no red action. So still no... Art hustle. I need to keep my eyes peeled for that. But my he's, island is he's on pretty my well island today, actually. So okay. But so if I pop over and talk to him, it sort of still gets the the story or the plot point. Maybe, going. hopefully, maybe it'll trigger something for you. Mm. We'll have a look. We'll have a look. But um, I see you've also mentioned what you've been playing this week, <laughs> and I guess this ties in nicely uh to the Hungry Game Show episode two, which we recorded this past week. Uh, yes. So you've been dabbling with a bit of Senran Kagura. Bon appetit. Yeah, so uh, you offered up uh, my attendance on the Hungry Game Show, and obviously, no doubt that my game was going to be Senran Kagura. So I took it way seriously. Like I was, <laughs> I was panicked. I didn't want to let anyone down. So I like played a sh- ton of this game this week, um, and just made sure I focused on story and everything because it, it felt like an exam. I took it like it was an exam. So I went had to study boobies essentially for this exam. So mm-hmm. which is which is fair and I know a lot of people in our, our friend circle probably regularly study boobies for, for reasons related to the Hungry Game Show or otherwise, but you did you did nail it. Like I'm not gonna go into spoiler territory here and, and sort of say how you did overall, but as as a if we're talking sort of the student student metaphors as a teacher or a hungry game show host, I was very proud of the effort you oh. put forward for episode two, uh, which will be dropping this week. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it should be available uh, via early access at patreon.com forward slash we are eight bit, and then about four or five days later, it'll drop on the regular hungry gamers RSS feed as well. So be sure to check that out. 
Uh, episode two was a doozy. Much, much better than episode one with Dream. Like, I don't know why we wasted our time getting Dream on for episode one. But uh, yeah, the show is on a positive up, upwards trend now and uh, can't wait to see what happens in future episodes and see if uh, Miss Hart manages to get to number one or if she's going to fall in behind Dream score uh, for the sort of top of the table for the Hungry Game Show. But yeah, it was a ton of fun. Mm. And I really liked learning about Senran Kagura Bon Appetit. <laughs> It is. It is. A, it was a journey. It's an education, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I can I can see parts of why you really enjoy that game, though. Like my goodness gracious. But uh, <laughs> yeah, check out the Hungry Game Show episode two for a nice crash course in the world of uh, Bon Appetit and the the characters and the the quirky game style that uh, exists within. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to quickly mention too, uh, still been playing some more Jurassic World Evolution. Mm -hmm. Still loving it. Uh, there's there's some DLC that we bought this past week called Return to Jurassic Park. And obviously you go back to Isla Nublar or Isla Nublar, Nublar if you want to get sort of right with the pronunciations. <laughs> and you go back to the original island where it all the movie, like the 1993 movie was set. And it's got the voice actors, like it's got Sam Neill back. Ah. It's got... Um, Jeff Goldblum, and it's also got uh, Dr. Ellie Sattler in there wow. as well. So the original cast has returned, and you've got to go back and try and fix the island, get it back to its former glory. All the buildings are all the same. The layout's the same as well, wow. like where the raptor fences and is and the T-Rex and the paddock and all that. Like it's, it's so true to the film. That's so incredible. it's just been like this nostalgia kick this past week, sort of rebuilding this thing and and sort of living my best Jurassic Park life. So I uh, just wanted to shout out that that little DLC pack for anyone that has picked up Jurassic World Evolution via Games Pass. You can get that DLC thing. It's 11 bucks for the pack. And um, I've probably easily put in 10 plus hours in it so far and I still haven't finished the little DLC add-on. So it's well worth, well worth throwing some pennies behind. Yeah, definitely. It makes me wonder why they kind of didn't just go off on that foot on the first place, but I guess they kind of had to see and like establish whether they had the audience to begin with and they definitely do so 100 100 and and just things like that having on games pass it's just going to open up their player base exponentially to to people that maybe didn't want to buy it but wanted to try it and and maybe it'll generate some pull through sales with some of these expansions because there's a few dlcs there available there's obviously that one set with the 1993 film there's another one that's based around claire um who was played by um I'm blanking on the name now. the The redhead woman, who's the, the the other lead now in the in the current series with Chris Pratt. Oh yeah. But it's based around going back to the recent islands and saving the dinosaurs there. <laughs> so that they've weaved it nicely into the main sort of uh, story beats of the of the film franchises. But yeah, so good, so good. <laughs> but what else is so good? I watched Upload this past week. So Rachel and I binged this binged in the it. span of three days. Yeah. Oh, so I assume it's good. It's so good. Wow. It is so, 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 so good. Yeah, it's it's a massive surprise. So so Greg Daniels is the man behind this who's uh, obviously done The Office, Parks and Rec and uh, mm -hmm. a few other things like that. So it's got that same sort of uh, same sort of pacing, same sort of tone. It's It's comedy, but it's comedy with heart. And it's also really really self-aware with the social commentary like the the show itself is set in 2033 so in the nearish future what happens is is when humans pass they can upload themselves quote unquote into like a virtual afterlife so they can still exist in this virtual plane uh for anyone that's seen uh black mirror there's an episode called san junipero 
which is uh, about sort of these these two two women that find love in this virtual plane in the afterlife that they can sort of go to to experience in the living but when they when they pass away they can be uploaded forever so it's sort of that sort of similar beat and yeah so it follows this guy named nathan who is uh robbie amel who is um i can't remember like arrow's brother what's 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 the other amel brother's name Stephen, Stephen Amel or Stephen mm. Amel, if you want to pronounce it. So, yeah, he's he's the younger brother of of Arrow from obviously the the DC uh, television universe, um, and and he's sort of this coder who who is he passes away in his prime, really, you know, late twenties, uh, and he gets uploaded into into this uh, into this place called Lakeview, which is like a very expensive hoity-toity afterlife. Like, there's various afterlives depending on your budget you can go to, Aww. and and his his partner. Ingrid, who's a bit of a controlling, sort of very snooty, bit of a bitchy girlfriend, uh, she actually makes him sign as he's in the in the hospital, like passing away, sign this waiver, and, and she puts him in there, and then she ends up having like full control over his expenses and what he can do in there and everything else. And so it's about him sort of struggling to exist in this, I guess, afterlife or second life, but you can still talk to your friends and family, like you can jump on like phone calls with them and video chat and have them visit oh. and. So it's sort of like this eternal life thing situation going on, and um, he bonds with Nora, who's like the the customer service representative for this this Lakeview. So uh, you can call them at any time, and they come in and help you out with things, and they start become like forging a friendship. And then it's like, you know, just just the sort of social commentary on reliance on technology, you know, what it is to be human, forging real relationships. And just sort of being, I guess, your true self outside of all that kind of crap. But then yeah. it's got like a really nice heart to it. Some really funny, really funny moments as well. Like it's it's such a great show. It's 10 episodes um, mm. outside of the first episode, which was like 50 minutes. The rest of them were about all sub 30. So you can smack it out pretty quickly. And uh, it was so good. So good. It's one of my favorite new shows I've seen in a while. So um, really, really recommend uh, checking out Upload on, on Amazon Prime. I getting like a good place vibes from it like a lot and so mm-hmm. a part of me was kind of like is this just a kind of variation on that because it was that's, that was definitely the vibe i was getting good good comparison it's, it's certainly got some good place vibes to it but um yeah I, I guess good place has has a lot of heart to it as well similar but just different tone like like picture that sort of parks of wreck riding mm-hmm. in the good place mixed yeah. with uh some 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 light drama you know, like there's parts where it can, you know, make you feel happy, sad, which is all you want in the show. You want to feel something when you're watching it. And yeah. certainly it's feeling all the emotions um, in, in Upload. And yeah, love the cast, love the story, love the social commentary, loved how, you know, the world that they lived in, like they, they paint this lake view as this gorgeous paradise for your afterlife. But then they're just little things like that. There's sort of shots where they're like, Pay, don't pay too close attention to the lake you're overlooking there because you sort of see it glitching because it can't keep up with the frame rates and stuff like that because of all the data and <laughs> just real. little little nods like that. Just, um, yeah, add a little bit more humanization to it. So, uh, yeah, Upload is on my recommended uh, TV show, Much Watches this year if you've got Amazon Prime Video, Ooh. 10 episodes. It's so good. There's the little kicker, Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, but... I still think Amazon Prime's pretty great. Like it's sub ten bucks here in Australia. You you get your free Twitch Twitch subscription, so you can pay that forward to your content creator mates. You get free shipping, like free express shipping for the most part on Amazon, and you get 
streaming service. That, I, think it's, I think it's that does pay for itself. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Anything else you want to talk about? What you've been up to this week, or should we keep uh, moving and shaking? I'm just gonna say that I'm still watching Peaky Blinders, and this is the best fucking show I've watched. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I put it on the back burner for so long. You were right. You were all right. It's it's on the list. It's on the list. And also, um, I just saw last night, uh, Dead to Me season two was just dropped on Netflix. Oh. Season one had um Christina Applegate and. I can't remember the other lady's name in it, but it was a really cool, cool sort of light drama that popped oh, up last year that I really enjoyed. I know one. Yeah, now I know which one you were talking about. Yeah, I get recommended that one a lot too. Yeah, so I'm keen to check out season two of that over this weekend and future future days. So, mm. yeah, I guess guess quick bit of housekeeping. Obviously, you know all the central hubs if you've been uh, popping on the Hungry Gamers the past several years, several months, whatever it might be. But eightbit.net, obviously. 8bitnation.net is a nice direct hub which gives you direct access to our web store, to our Patreon, to our giveaways and competitions. Uh, Shop8bit.net is the direct link to that web store. If you want to go straight there, get yourself a nice t-shirt, hoodie, beach towel, pillow, thongs, you name it. We've just about got everything there. Like This is Kmart on steroids with a sexy geek culture spin on it. So uh, give it a look, shop8bit.net. Obviously, Audio Technica are our sponsors here at The Hungry Gamers. So obviously, check on... Check it out at uh, audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au for you local Australian listeners to get the best in audio-based equipment. We're talking headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables. You need noise-canceling phones. You need in-ear, you need over-ear. They've got it all for every budget and for every requirement. So audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au. And doubling back to the competitions, we are about to kick off our third uh, competition for the Creator Pack giveaway in conjunction with Audio Technica. All you got to do to enter is DM us at We Are 8-Bit on the Twitters or email us hello at 8bit.net on the emails uh, with a photo of your current content creator setup. So you may have gear already, you may have none, but just send us a photo of your current little workspace and uh, let us know why you need a sexy Audio Technica based upgrade. And we will announce that winner in the next 10 days but that'll get you set up with a microphone, with a headset and with a nice boom arm to get your content creation dreams well underway with those legends at Audio Technica. So uh, yeah, that's the housekeeping. What do you reckon? Should we uh, jump into some news? Oh, let's. This week's news headlines. All right. A bit of a shorter sort of news docket today. We've got three, three sort of pieces we're going to be covering off on. And the first one, The Last of Us 2's newest story trailer is brutally dark. This comes via way of Thomas Franzen's at Inverse. Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment released a new trailer for The Last of Us Part 2 and it hints that many of the devastating plot points revealed in the major leaks from earlier this month will be true when the game releases. Obviously, don't go hunting for those spoilers. Leave them well out of your peripherals. Just hide under a rock, stay off the internet until sort of the back end of June so you can get in this game at the ground floor without any prior knowledge. Touch wood, I am still yet to discover or see any of these spoilers and I want to keep it that way. I am like Neo from the Matrix all around the internet right now, just pivoting from the hips. Ain't no one hitting me with these spoilers, but you wait, I'm going to get bombarded on yep. the DMs here yep. and then I'm going to be very sad. But anyway, the trailer, which was first teased this past Tuesday, gives us a glimpse at Ellie's descent into a revenge-fueled madness after some devastating event. But it's as much more nuanced and an emotional journey than what was implied in the leaks. As I said, don't go looking at them leaks. Leave them a be. 
Leave them away from your bloody vision. Come into this game brand new. The new trailer focuses on the game's story rather than gameplay elements, putting Ellie and Joel center stage to show us how their relationship has evolved since the conclusion of the first game. We even see some new footage with younger Ellie, hinting, at, hinting that the sequel's prologue may be something of an epilogue to the first game, or that we'll see some flashbacks to the past in the sequel. I know you wish things were different, Joel says to Ellie as the trailer opens. I wish things were different, but they ain't. The official log line for the game indicates that Ellie will go on a quest for revenge and most of the trailer shows her brutally killing off other non-infected humans. She also looks miserable and strained, implying that some dramatic event has set her upon this quest. We do get closer looks at gameplay. The Last of Us Part 2 will have more open-ended gameplay than original, or than the original, and will seemingly let players loose in wider open-world areas. Unfortunately, there isn't a lot of, inf of new information to go by here, with scenes mainly focusing on Ellie's descent into more rageful and violent behavior. Rather than a struggle for survival, Ellie's seeking the violence for reasons we don't quite understand just yet. There are many interesting scenes that show off dynamic situations, like Ellie firing a gun from the back of a vehicle as enemies pursue her in a vehicle of their own. The trailer was a bit underwhelming when one considers how long the gap between new trailers on the game has been, but it is still teasing some interesting character work showcasing some also equally impressive graphics and exhilarating gameplay. Now, I know you aren't the resident fangirl here of <laughs> The Last of Us. Uh, I did make you go watch the trailer before this, uh, before this episode aired. Um, yeah. So what's your hot takes? I know you know the ending, so you, don't you dare throw them spoilers on me right now. But what do you think about this from a non-spoilery perspective? Does that trailer, like, would it have piqued your interest if you hadn't known the ending or whatnot? Like, do you still have any any vibes to play this game or where you at? Um, you know, the, the one thing that has, like, triggered me to be like, Ooh, like, maybe, like, an inkling of me playing this game is that they said that it's more open world. Because my whole thing was I felt like my hand was being held or literally dragged through the first game. Mm -hmm. So um, that's tempting. But overall, just seeing the trailer, um, it's darker, it's broodier, like it's it's dirty, it's dingy, it's it, it feels like a different game a little bit. Um, and I guess it technically is. Um, it's... I, I don't know, as a person that really isn't too invested in the um, franchise, it, to me, it looks completely different from the first one. It doesn't entice me to play it um, based on what I've... I didn't actively seek out the uh, whatever has been leaked. Um, I was just scrolling through things and there it was in my face. I'm like, oh, is this... A oh, no, okay, this is what everyone's talking about. That's what happened to me. Um and based on seeing the trailer and everything like that, I mean, I don't think, like, if I saw that trailer organically, I'd, you know, I'd feel like they don't co coincide. So I feel like your opinion should still be good to play this game if you really wanted to play it. So that's great. That's great. And I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm sort of avoiding of all these spoilers, but it's scary because jumping on YouTube to watch these trailers, people are dropping the spoilers and the commentary in the comments underneath the youtube video so you've mm -hmm. got to be very mindful where you're trying to source these these trailers and content i've even seen people like on the ign commentary sort of underneath the images and the videos posting things so be very careful out there any the last of us fans because it's pretty easy to uh fall into a trap and and, and see some of the spoilers or things in this game getting potentially ruined for you so yeah but trailer looked great very gritty very it's gritty very like you can see ellie is struggling throughout the entirety of it like not only physically with some of the, the battles and 
the real visceral moments happening with, with her and some of the humans she's interacting with. But just emotionally, you can see this poor girl is, is sort of, you know, at the end of a rope, which, and that's one thing that I really like and commend with Naughty Dog is, is they can really pull on those emotional heartstrings with their games. Mm. And it looks like it's going to be a lot more of that. Like this game, I feel is going to be one continued gut punch. Like I think, you know, there's not going to be much sunshine and rainbows in this game. At the completion, I think there's going to be a nice a nice reward for finishing it. I don't know what the story is going to be. So it could be, you know, an award, a reward for all the wrong reasons, but there's going to be going to be some big payoffs. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, for good, bad or otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the last of us if it wasn't like, you know, an emotional roller coaster. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the trailer was a bit kind of obviously like last minute. I don't know if this is like something that they quickly whipped together or if it was like something that they had just in the pipeline. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like people who are invested in it are invested in it and they're going to play it. Um, unfortunately, all the sad sacks that are out there all like mopey about what they've seen or what they've heard or what their opinions are and they're not going to play it anymore. Cool. Just like don't play it and just don't be a dick yeah like it's it's interesting to see that disharmony around the internets where people are like oh it's been ruined for me so i'm not going to buy the game and things like that it's like well that's not how naughty dog are then going to be able to make more games like this like unless you support the developer or the publisher making this game there's going to be no more of these games to potentially get spoiled anyway like you know, you you gotta you gotta vote with your wallet, and if this this franchise has has any form of emotional attachment, you need to you need to support it. Otherwise, it's it's gonna be it. So, yeah. I get it though. Like it is tough when there is things you do care about getting spoiled for you through oh, yeah. no fault of your own. Like that can be very deflating. But yeah, I'd say there's, there's you're still gonna get a good experience out of this game. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. I know it's gonna get. It's gonna put me through the emotional ringer. Like yeah. uh, first one got the tears, the tears going. I think this one's probably gonna do it a bit too. And I love that with video games. I love that you can feel things playing games. So uh, yeah, don't have to wait too long. It's out, uh, you know, next month. So we've got five or six weeks uh, of wait left before this game hits the stores. Uh, but yeah, I certainly think you're on the money there. Where they pivoted to get this this trailer out very quickly on the back of the leaks and the announcement and also then obviously announcing the date of june just to try and get ahead of these spoilers and leaks to to get it out before maybe mm. the game does get a little bit sort of caved under from spoilers and, and negative internet talk yeah actually it was pointed out to me that one thing to take in consideration because a lot of people were saying like what what's the point of the trailer you're going to you know release the game and most of us know the ending but um there's always this um disconnect that sometimes people forget that there are gamers out there who don't follow the news who don't you know jump on twitter who don't you know follow youtubes they just they go into a shop they see a video game and then they buy it or you know they'll see like an ad while they're on instagram and they'll go oh i might be interested in that so it's important for like you know sales and marketing just to get those odd few on the end so yeah keep that hype rolling Mm. and this next uh, bit of news is a little bit of hype the headline I've put together for this is Dead or Alive, you're getting over here. So uh, I'm fusing fusing universes here. This comes by way of Wesley Yin Pool over at Eurogamer. Big news in the world of Mortal Kombat 11. The gory fighting game is getting a story expansion, a first for a NetherRealm title, and three new playable characters, one of which is Robocop. Yes, Robocop from the movies, complete with Peter Weller's voice and likeness. 
In a preview call with Eurogamer this week, Mortal Kombat co-creator Ed Boon called Noob Robocop's addition to the game kind of like the bookend to the Terminator with the 80s action movie stars. First up, the story expansion. It's called Aftermath, and it's due out 26th of May digitally for all versions of the game, including Nintendo Switch and Stadia. Aftermath picks up right after the end of Mortal Kombat 11, where fire god Liu Kang has destroyed time-bending antagonist Kronika and is about to architect a new history. But at the, at the, second, at the last second, sorcerer Shang Tsung, again played by Kari Hiroku Tagawa, turns up with Fujin and Nightwolf to claim their actions will doom us all. In Killing Kronika, Liu Kang destroyed her crown, but without a crown, he can't restart history. What follows an unlikely alliance between Shang Tsung and the good guys is they head into the past to steal the crown from the Sorcerer's Island before the hourglass shatters. Jesus Christ. What the it's hell? It's a silly story set up, but it's wonderfully Mortal Kombat. And if you're wondering where the hell Shang Tsung, Nightwolf, and Fujin were during the main Mortal Kombat 11 story, they were conveniently trapped by Kronika and were only freed when she died. But they were watching what went on and realized the crown was the device Kronika needed to control the hourglass and restart history. There's only one solution then. Send Shang Tsung, Fujin, and Nightwolf back into the events of the main story and recover the crown before Chronicle can even get it. My goodness gracious me. There's a lot going on in the story, NetherRealm said, with Shiva, Sindel, Fujin, and Nightwolf all enjoying their biggest roles in a Mortal Kombat story mode to date. It's also Kari Haruku Tagawa's largest role as Shang Tsung since the original film, which is hugely exciting for fans. The expansion adds three new playable characters, the aforementioned wing god Fujin, Shiva, and Robocop. Fujin, first playable back in Mortal Kombat 4, works alongside his brother Raiden to protect Earthrealm. He uses his sword and his crossbow in combat and uses the power of wind to control his sword himself and even his opponent. Shiva is the four-armed, half-human, half-dragon queen of the Shokan who made her series debut in Mortal Kombat 3. She's described as a master brawler with grapples to cover all situations, a low grapple, an overhead grapple, and an anti-air grapple. She has. She also has an unblockable teleport stomp. I used to use the shit out of Me that teleport too. stomp yeah. back in the day. <laughs> the big surprise is the addition of Robocop, who makes his series debut. Robocop excels at keeping his foes at bay using his iconic Auto 9 pistol. He also employs a flamethrower, a riot shield, and a shoulder cannon he can load with various types of ammunition. Meanwhile, Mortal Kombat 11 gets a free update for all players that adds fan-favorite stages and sees the return of stage fatalities and friendships. Friendships revealed include Aussie crime boss Kano using his eye, eye laser to cook sausages on a barbecue and creepy ninja noob Cybot spawning two copies of himself to play jump rope with. There's a Mortal Kombat Aftermath 11, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath collection available, which includes all characters, story content, games, modes, and pre-order bonuses in one package. This costs $89.95 AUD, so it is a fairly substantial investment. If you have Mortal Kombat 11 already, you can upgrade to Aftermath for a reduced amount, which is approximately 40 or 50 bucks from what I've seen on the internet here. So it is still a good chunk of change, but it does give you some new story, gives you some more characters as well as some skins and what have you. But what do you think about this? So there's something absolutely like the story in itself has me a bit like, what? But um, I guess maybe you have to have played the game or, you know, have a better understanding and this makes much more sense. But then it was um, talking about the wind god Fujin, Shiva and Robocop. It's just, mm. I, I think I've talked about how much I kind of off-putting to me having these um, pop culture characters coming into the Mortal Com Kombat like roster. It kind of, mm -hmm. I'm kind of not cool about it. I just, it really throws me off. It really, 
I don't know. I don't know. It does like I don't have to play the characters, but the fact that the characters are there and playable just has always bothered me. It's um, sort of like square peg round hole, isn't it? Like they're just sort of forcing them in mm, there. Like it's cool, but it's like it's not necessary. Yeah, like uh, yeah. So I guess I don't know. Some if people like it, cool. But for me, it's just a bit like ugh. And then having RoboCop is just like, I guess yeah. I guess that makes sense. I guess he'd. Mm. He'd be one to choose. Um, super excited that they've brought back friendships. I loved friendships back in the day. They were just stupid and corny and they were always great to see. Um, they haven't mentioned Sub-Zero's one. Oh, where he pu- pushes out the little ice cream cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and so good. It's so great because like, even like with him pushing out the little ice cream cart and you know using his ice power to make a popsicle, but it's just the excited jump that he does before he runs and gets it. Like I'm so like, oh, I'm going to probably jump on YouTube the second that this releases so I can just watch all the friendships because mm-hmm. I used to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to love watching the the sizzle reels of of fatalities and friendships or babalities or animalities oh. or whatever it is, you know. Remember babalities? Like, oh, <laughs> like they why? debuted in three as well, I think, didn't I they? Think they came so, out in Mortal yeah. Kombat three. <laughs> I was like, why? Why? But yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, I'm just glad that the Mortal Kombat franchise is still going, still, you know powering through um and i just like that we get to see characters we've grown up with just you know reimagined you know graphically and you know story-wise get some more backstory on them like it'd be good to see shiva again mm. yeah 100 percent. and even even your main boo sindel gets a lot yeah. more more airtime in this mm. uh in this story mode so uh, i know you'd be happy about that but yeah, it's it's crazy because on the surface it is just a, a real gory, visceral fighter, but there is a lot of depth and complexity that they've weaved into this franchise over the years. Like it's got mm. a very, very sort of core audience in the in the professional fight scene. So I like that there is some depth and strategy and a lot of respect paid to this game these days from from that level. But then they throw in this crazy, quirky, over the topness with friendships and. Mm. ridiculous fatalities and, and weaving in characters like friggin' Spawn and Robocop now and you know, Xenomorph and Predator yeah. and all these people over the years. Like, they just got no reason to be there, but it still somehow kind of works. Yeah. You know what? Actually, that does put me in my place, essentially, in my ideas of adding those characters. They're essentially like friendships. They're not needed, but it's cool that they're there. So <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> But yeah, you don't have to wait too long. Like uh, as as mentioned earlier, this this is sort of coming out in in a couple of weeks on the twenty sixth of May. This expansion is going to be available, so you'll be able to get your hands on RoboCop and the crew, and and it's even crazy they they convinced Peter Weller, who was yeah. the original RoboCop, to come back and do his voice work and lend his likeness. Like he's a very old man these days, so I'm assuming they just used some photos and and whatnot from the original couple of movies, but. That's what yeah, I was even ask. to get him coming in. <laughs> it's like using his likeness. I'm like, what, current likeness? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I know they are, like, on, on a Robocop sort of discussion, they're rebooting that that again soon, but they're going to go back to the, the original hard R rating of the 80s. So uh. I'm excited to see some over-the-top Robocop action. I like the, the sort of the soft reboot they did that came out a few years ago that was a little bit lighter in tone. I didn't think that was too badly done had Samuel L. Jackson in it as well and Michael Keaton. Like, you know, the cast was decent. But, uh, yeah, just the tone was a little bit softer. But, yeah, Robocop coming to Mortal Kombat 11. And Shiva. 
I just want to play a Shiva and just do the big off like cross screen jump and just stomp on boom, bodies. Boom. Yeah, my brother <laughs> hated me for that. Yeah, it was pretty easy. I think it was like just down up punch or something. I think like it's that. down down up. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and she was just wrecking shop, wrecking mm-hmm. shop. Four armed half human half dragon queen. That I didn't know. Dragon. Mm. Yes, yes, but yeah, Mortal Kombat Eleven. Uh, after aftermath collection and uh yeah dropping 26th of may so uh any fighters out there get your money ready because uh it is a little bit of an investment but you're going to get a good amount of content there but let's uh let's move to the main course of uh hunger gamers episode 194 uh this past week uh they did an inside xbox event debuting an absolute bucket load of xbox series x games with gameplay with trailers Predominantly focused on third party, they did uh, sort of lead off this inside Xbox saying in July, they're going to be doing a big focus on the Microsoft Studio game. So Halo and all, all the Microsoft exclusives, we're going to get a, a pretty big deep dive in the next couple of months. But this was just to focus on a lot of third party. So uh, I've grabbed an article from uh, Joe Scribbles over at IGN. And uh, Xbox has shown off 13 new games coming to Xbox Series X from third party devs. We saw a series of games all over which are Xbox Series X optimized, meaning they've been built specifically to take advantage of Series X features such as 4K resolutions and faster loading times. 10 of the 13 games were also confirmed as smart delivery titles, meaning they can be bought on Xbox One and will allow for free upgrades to Xbox Series X if you buy the new console. So if we go through the list, um, they've put a list uh, together alphabetically as opposed to the order that they were showcased. Yeah which kind of is a little bit jarring. So uh, the first game they're talking about is actually the last game that they they showcased in Inside Xbox, and that was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Obviously, we got the uh, the debut trailer and the the art announcement done by Boss Logic Live on Twitch uh, the week prior. Now talking about seeing gameplay of this game at Inside Xbox, but that is very, very loose wording. Uh, there was a lot of misdirection with this inside Xbox talking about quote-unquote gameplay as opposed to in-game engine footage is what they sort of, I guess, tried to sort of operate in the gray about. But the trailer looked pretty cool yeah. uh, for one. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Mm. And I'm all about the Viking life, so I can't wait to play this. What do what you think? Like, have you been following all this Assassin's Creed Valhalla stuff this past week or so? To be honest, like, um, when it first kind of got established I like I heard it was Vikings when they first first announced I was like oh cool but then I haven't been like following it religiously I would say that the last two Assassin's Creed games just didn't take my fancy and I was trying to think I was trying to think why not why did I not really care and I think it's the environment I think the environments were pretty like similar and just like like desert and just I don't know. It just didn't appeal to me. But then after seeing the landscapes that you're going to be going through with um, Valhalla, it's beautiful. A lot of greenery, a lot of like, like castles, a lot of like, it's just, it looks stunning. So I'm actually back on board the Assassin's Creed wagon because this looks great. This looks very appealing to me. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Like the the in-game engine footage showing some some cutscenes and whatnot. You, you're seeing a bit of siege warfare. You're seeing a lot more of Britannia and yeah, the green green landscape and the the castles and the architecture. Like it's going to be a gorgeous game to be roaming around on. Like mm. I get what you're saying with Origins and Odyssey. Like there was a lot of 
desert and sandy environments. Yeah. There, there was some lush green, like there was some really gorgeous um, sort of forest-like areas you could you could sort of trudge around into. So mm, I've never got to see that. I just like every time I saw like people playing it or what they were sharing from it, apart from like people climbing a giant statue and hanging off a penis, um, everything just looked like like a lot of like orange gray scale, just mm-hmm. not too appealing to me, unfortunately. I'm not saying that. it's not great, that. just not appealing to me. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're a fan of, you know, Egyptian mythology or um greek mythology i think that's where the hooks for those games and and now we're sort of the norse mythology here with valhalla i think that's one of the the hooks and and the biggest draws for people at least for myself too i love that they weave in the old gods and and sort of weave in their religious beliefs and how they'd envision things playing out and with odyssey meeting some of these mythological creatures and gods i think it was so cool and so well done and so different to the rest of the franchise we're going to see a little bit more of that with with odin and loki and all the other gods no doubt sort of popping up here and there but uh yeah sadly sadly no in-game sort of actual gameplay the engine footage looked phenomenal yeah avor the the lead character who obviously you can choose to play as man or, or woman version of avor looked great very imposing figure mm-hmm. uh really cool combat more of that sort of smooth transitional assassin's creed fighting style that we've all grown to know and love but yeah can't wait it's uh, cool that it's smart delivery enabled. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the the biggest sells of the Series X or or what Xbox is sort of pushing out to market is you can buy this thing at launch on your Xbox One or your One S or your One X, and then um, if you upgrade to the Series X down the line, you got the game already there, so you don't have to double purchase. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. The next game in uh, list of alphabetical was Bright Memory Infinite, uh, which was crazy. This was actually the game that pretty much opened up the the inside xbox and it's a hybrid of first person shooter and action combat games um and it looks absolutely bananas uh what's even crazier about this is this game has been made by one man Mm. one person made this game and it was gorgeous the combat was cool like there's gunplay there's swords there's samurais there's cars it was just bonkers i'm I don't want to be a negative Nelly, especially after hearing that it was done by one person. But for me, viewing that um, little snippet, it was very chaotic. And um, with the texturing, like it looks like they were going for some incredibly like smooth, semi-realistic like textures. But for me, because of how dark it was, because it was like it was set in a rainy environment, there was like a lot of like like reflection and glistening like there's a lot of times where i'm like what the hell's happening i can't really i couldn't see enemies that they were shooting at so like yeah like i it didn't make me feel too confident in it like hearing that one person did it like that's incredible but as an overall selling point of a game i was just like oh this is this is all over the place for me it did have a lot going on in that trailer and i'm completely with you the rain took away from a little bit like i saw the lead character shooting at an enemy that i couldn't even see for a second there because i was sort of down this little incline in front of them Mm -hmm. but um i got some real like ready player one vibes from it just the fact that it was just all these things going on at once in this sort of sci-fi futuristic world where you're you're merging all these universes into one especially at the end when the the car the car scene occurs and like (laughs) there's like this real delorean vibe to one of the cars (laughs) what is this what is going on here but (laughs) 
it looks fantastic. Um, it's it's already available on Steam. Uh, well, the first the first episode um, oh. of of the wider game is available on Steam. But yeah, it's making its way to the Xbox Series X. And um, yeah, kudos to the, to the one gentleman putting this game together because it looks like there's a lot of work that's gone yeah. into this. And um, no doubt we'll see more of that between now and um, you know the release date of the Series X. Mm-hmm. So Call of the Sea was uh, the next game here. And it's a first-person adventure game set in the 1930s. So Call of the Sea has players step into the shoes of Nora, exploring a South Pacific island in search of her missing husband. This is also smart delivery enabled. Looked nice. I got some real sort of like Sea of Thieves vibes from the from the aesthetic and the, the color palette and even just the character models and things. That's all I was seeing. I thought it was like an offshoot of Sea of Thieves. See, I was getting like Journey or The Witness, um, but like it was very pretty. It's a very pretty looking game and I'm, I'm assuming there's puzzle elements. It looked like it was going to be very puzzle driven. So um, I don't think it's probably going to be like a major AAA, but it's, you know, it's going to be just like one of those really cool, maybe like offset games that you can just play in your downtime when you just like, you know, just want to chill, beautiful scenery. Yeah. Hmm. I'm with you. It looks like a nice little distraction. Like the the voice work or the voiceover they had going felt a little deadpan to me at times. Like uh, there wasn't a huge amount of emotional variance in the the sort of speaking track of Nora over the top. But yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued at least if I can have sort of like an, a puzzle adventure game with a little bit of uh, mystery Ooh. going on and maybe some some sort of uh, yeah some good story attached. I'll uh, I'll give it a look. Uh, I'm assuming it's yeah not going to be priced as a triple A. You probably get this thing for sub fifty bucks. I'm assuming AUD. So um, yeah, you know what? Could be worse. <laughs> Chorus is the next one. It's a uh, space combat shooter with a difference. Apparently, adding story to the genre's usual mix of aerial acrobatics and precision shooting. You play the haunted Nara, piloting her sentient starfighter Forsaken on a journey to destroy the cult that created her. Chorus is scheduled to arrive in 2021. Uh, smart delivery enabled as well. Uh, the, the font choices for Chorus absolutely got flogged over the internet um, on the announcement of this. Um, sort of saying they're trying to rip off churches and all this other stuff. And uh, I, What do you think about this? I don't remember this. You don't remember this one? No. <laughs> I've been like trying to like, I saw people making fun of it. I'm like, what game title are they talking about? I don't even remember that title. So I feel bad a lot of the focus of the trailer was like just a almost like a, a close face shot of Nora her, of Nara herself, sorry. Mm-hmm. And she sort of had like some paint or some tattoos under her eyes. It was a lot of like framing of her eyes and face and then occasionally some spaceship um, you know, combat and acrobatic moves and things like that. So Yeah, no. I must have like looked at my phone and then <laughs> looked up and it was done or something. I have no idea, but um all I saw was everyone mention the damn name. So Yeah. Yeah. People are like, Ooh. what's this game called? What is this? <laughs> well that's not good. That's but not yeah, good. like space combat shoes, that's not really my jam. Like mm. I'd give it a look if it drops on Game Pass or you know, free on, on release. But yeah, it's certainly not on my uh my most wanted list. Uh the next game that popped up, Dirt Five Obviously, the uh, grandson or great-great-great-great-grandson of the original Colin McRae Rally series, uh, Dirt 5, done by Codemasters, going to uh, launch on consoles and it's new features, new innovations and a fresh approach, uh, fresh approach apparently, says Codemasters. 
in the next installment of its excellent rally driving series. In an unusual development though, Troy Baker and Nolan North will be lending their vocal talents to the game as key characters in the storyline. So one of them is playing the villain and one of them is playing sort of the protagonist in the game's storyline of Dirt 5. Uh, It's also uh, got smart delivery enabled. Looked really cool. Like driving games really sell hardware to me. Like they just look so gorgeous. The, The cityscapes, the environments the light rays, the vehicles, like it really vehicle game or racing games just, I think can, can put graphics front and center. And and it did a bit of that, but like, I don't know. I'm not a big racing guy. I think a lot of people were keen for it. Troy Baker, Nolan North in it. Cool. What do you reckon? I'm everyone knows I'm not that keen on uh, racing games. So <laughs> unfortunately my opinion on this is not going to be very great. Um, That was a shocker to have, Troy Baker and Nolan North as featured voices in a driving game. But, I mean, I wasn't incredibly wowed graphically. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, it's more about, like, the gameplay, right, when it comes to mm-hmm. racing games. so Look good. It's probably going to drive well. The Dirt games are, have pretty much sort of perfected their secret source. You know what you're going to get out of them, and, and now they're sort of weaving in some more story with some pretty big uh, gaming personalities involved in it. So... Maybe it'll do well. It'll probably sell. These games seem to. Next game will also sell. And it was weird that this made an appearance on here. Madden NFL 21 popped up. Had Patrick Mahomes front and center sort of talking through the Madden franchise and saying how excited he is. They showed some footage of of the game. Smart delivery enabled as well. So it was surprised to see sort of EA, uh, typically who are very money hungry, saying, yeah, we'll, um, we'll allow you to purchase this once and it'll carry through to the Series X. So, yeah, I don't think we need to talk too much about that unless you've got any, any commentary on Madden NFL 21. Someone did point out that they saw some writing about it being limited time smart delivery, but um, I don't know how much was, like, elaborated on that. Someone said maybe it, they made it limited so when the next one comes out, you know, you're not upgrading unnecessarily. But, yeah, I think some people are going to be looking into that because there might be some sneakiness with the terminology of smart delivery so oh, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly put some good money on that maybe it's <laughs> going to be a timed thing for for three months or something the release mm. window of three months because this game will come out in september october and then um, we'll have the the series x coming out shortly after that so maybe you need to to uh, have the the series x in your hands by i don't know december 31 maybe once 2021 rolls around that smart delivery is gone and you've got yeah. to Got to buy, buy it twice. One. Knowing EA, there's probably some sneaky, sneaky little sub clauses in there. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving down the alphabetical line here, Scarlet Nexus was the next game, which was an anime-infused action game. You'll play as a psycho. Uh, you play as psychokinetic Yuto Samuraji. You'll explore the futuristic city of New Himuka as technology and psychic abilities are used to wage war. It is also smart delivery enabled. Yeah, anime action game cool didn't really move the needle for me i saw a lot of positive chatter from people we know that are big anime fans that Mm. sort of said this was one of their games of the of the inside xbox reveal but i ain't one of them yeah neither yeah but the next game oh scorn which is a first person horror adventure Scorn aims to take you on a non-linear journey through several horrific realms with a distinctly H.R. Giga-like aesthetic, each with their own story to unravel. Oh, oh, it was, <laughs> oh, 
as like I thought it was so ballsy for Xbox to be like hey like we just showed you some cool stuff now check out this shit like it was such a like I saw people going like what the hell is this what the f is that like and I was just like this looks awesome like it just like it you know separated itself from everything else that was being shown it was absolutely gorgeous like I got so excited and I kind of sensed that you were you know over there watching it and I felt the vibe that you were probably just as excited as I was because it just it just looks great and I'm just I've like deep dived into it this game's been in uh (laughs) it's uh been made uh the, i think the first time they kind of announced it was like 2014 and they've been working on it since then <laughs> so it's yeah it's, uh, it's been kicking around a while like there's there's gameplay footage of it from like 2017 a few minutes for when it was sort of looking mm. to just drop on pc so you can get a little bit more of a feel and an understanding of the game like it's it's some nightmare fuel looking stuff like uh the trailer was great like Love the aesthetic, loved the 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 characters and the enemies and just this sort of yeah, hellscape nightmare, real fleshy, raw, sharp edged yeah. sort of thing they had going on. But I felt the trailer went too long. There was so no. much of like nothing going on at times. No, I don't give up. <laughs> but I look cool. I watched a car drive around in circles. I'm allowed to watch this thing for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, that's valid that's valid like but it looks cool i i love me some horror games so i'm excited to give this a go uh the fact that it is uh got some real giga vibes is phenomenal like he's he's had a pretty big impact on the on the horror community and and we've referenced him here many 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 times like such a distinctive art style that that made one of the greatest sci-fi horror franchises what it was so Mm. it's cool to see his work sort of live on through this game that has been around for eight plus years i think i think 2012 was when this thing first started to gain some traction so it's it's been it's been in the pipe for a good long while but i like that there's like the the description here takes you on a non-linear journey through several horrific realms Mm. so you'll see some distinct worlds and uh those realms all have their own unique story to unravel so I like that there is going to be some different flavors and different experiences in each of these very nightmare-fueled worlds. We might see a bit of uh, demon nudity, I'm assuming, by the feels of this. Maybe some demon peens and what have you. I feel like we saw that in the trailer. I'm not too sure what that... Was it symbolic? What that little section where something kind of just like poked its head out and just, you know... Either way, I loved the trailer. I know it's stupid to get excited over something that showed no gameplay, that showed no context on what the game was, but it got me so hyped up that I went to investigate, which is a pretty decent trailer. So, Mm -hmm. can't wait. Yeah, and and as, as you mentioned at the sort of start of talking about this is it really stood out from the rest of these games mm. announced like it was unlike anything else they showed oh, the medium i guess has some horror horror beats to it as well but this was just so left of center compared oh, yeah. to everything else and it was yeah big big sort of move by microsoft because i thought they played a bit safer with this but instead they chuck something out like that where yeah there could be some potential peen metaphors and, and whatever else like <laughs> yeah kudos for them to, to throw this in there uh, we hopefully don't have to wait too long for it to come out. But yeah, Scorn. I'm going to rewatch that trailer now. 
Let me know what uh, what the sort of time stamp is for that uh, demon peen. I want to check it out. <laughs> Second extension is the next one. Uh, uh, this game got me a little bit excited. It's Mrs. a new Shoe game right from away. Avalanche's. Oh yeah, oh yeah, from Avalanche's self-publishing unit, Systematic Reaction. And second extension, a sec- second extinction is a co-op FPS that sees you taking on the massed hordes of mutant dinosaurs that have taken over Earth. Uh, it looks like the the sort of cousin of uh, Left 4 Dead, where yeah. they've just replaced zombies with dinosaurs. Smart delivery enabled as well, which is cool. But man, jumping on with with three friends and fighting wave after wave of dinosaurs, like this this is tickling my pickle, that's for sure. Yeah, I saw everyone online kind of referring to it as Left for Dinosaur. Um, oh, so, nice. Um, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, it, Bren better be freaking awake because if he's not, he's going to get bombarded. Um, this, yeah, it looks it looks like stupid fun. It looks like something that you can just, like you said, just grab a few friends and just, you know, do some general like horde missions. So, yeah, it looks good. And graphically, like graphically, it looks good too. Like, you know. I was just about to say that it actually looked really nice. It looked mm. really nice. The graphics had a good amount of polish. The The dinosaur models look pretty decent and equally as terrifying. Uh, so <laughs> I can't wait to mow down countless amounts of dinosaurs as they actually, try and uh, try and take you down. I'm trying to think if I'm going to feel that same anxiety when we used to play Ark and then like a, just a giant dinosaur would appear out of nowhere. But uh, yeah, it looks good. It can't does wait. look good. Yeah, so The Ascent is the the next game on the docket here. And uh, imagine a cyberpunk Diablo and you're somewhere on the road to The Ascent. Playable alone or in co-op, this action RPG takes place in a futuristic dystopia where the ruling megacorporation uh, has collapsed and left chaos in its wake. It is um, It does have smart delivery enabled as well. The opening trailer of it looked pretty cool. Uh, I wasn't sure what they were doing. Like I thought it was going to be third or first person for a second almost like a a cyberpunk light and then it just switched to the isometric top-down diablo style and all of a sudden i'm like oh i didn't expect that did not expect that at all yeah i feel like that's sometimes like a bit of a bait and switch where you're just like oh what's this what's this wonderful you i'm gonna be top down so (laughs) like i was kind of interested into it i'm like okay where are we going with this but then i saw like how you play it and usually that can be a bit of a deterrent for me where i'd be like uh, like yes i love the diablo franchise but like i mean i have that sort of like dedication to it where i know what i'm in for where this has kind of got that risk factor because you're trying something new so mm. um but i mean the 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 story and the video sequences that they started with looked cool so i don't know maybe i should give it a try yeah, the, the world and the character models look great, like all that sort of those pops of neon and, and sort mm. of mechanical fusion and everything like that, all that cyberpunk goodness. Like it certainly made me go, you know what, I'd, I'd give this a go, but I don't really play many sort of isometric dungeon crawlers or whatever you want yeah. to describe them as. So, you know, I haven't really even played Diablo, so I don't know if I'm going to be playing this sort of at <laughs> day one. So, still. <laughs> <laughs> I will eventually. Oh. Blame Tom Nook at the moment. He's got me so far down the rabbit hole, it's not funny. But uh, the next game, this next game for me, it's going to be a day one purchase, The Medium. Mm. Uh, so Bloober Team, who has specialized in psychological horror for years at this point. Um, the Medium sounds like another big step forward for the Polish studio. Playing the titular Medium, you'll see both the real and spirit worlds as you investigate a tragedy in a now abandoned hotel. 
Excitingly, those two worlds come together with separate soundtracks, one by Bloober Team's Arkadeus Reitkowski and the other by Akira Yamoka of Silent Hill fame. It's coming out holiday 2020. Uh, this game looked gorgeous. Uh, typically, Bloober Team's games, uh, they're always sort of first person, but they've actually purposely shifted this into a third person view to make it more cinematic, make mm. it more dramatic and, and sort of tense and terrifying. I was reading some sort of uh, interviews with some of the members of Bloober Team over at Eurogamer and it sounds great. It looked great. I liked the real Silent Hill vibes when they were transitioning from normal world to, you know, horror or um, spirit world. Mm. And, oh my God, I'm keen as a bean for this. At first, I've got to be like, graphically, it looks stunning. But at first, I'm like, what is this? Like, I don't understand. And then I feel like a penny dropped. And then it was a completely different game. And um, I, like, I'm on board with it because it looks like, you know, it looks like the right amount of fucked up for me. But um, afterwards, after the trailer presentations, they actually did have an interview with one of the guys from the team. And um, they've actually said, like, they all... They all love Silent Hill, Silent Hill 2 being their favorite. So that they're pretty much like, especially by using the music, um, like, a, like, a, it's like a homage, really. So, um, homage. Homage. Uh, homage. Um, but yeah, they just seem really excited for it. And, um, I like that they get to incorporate someone from the Silent Hill franchise and, you know, kind of like blend it in together and just make this beautiful baby. I hope it turns out really good we've seen a lot of games with promising concepts and you know promising graphics and then at some point maybe with gameplay or how um you know how the story is like driven through like it sometimes falls short so um i just hope you know it stays it stays spooky it keeps a story that you know that keeps it compelling and everyone plays it through and i just hope it's successful because you know especially with us we love the horror franchise Mm -hmm. so nothing but success I love that they've they've sort of set it in an abandoned hotel. Like it is such a constant bad source of scary juju in in the <laughs> horror world, isn't it? Like abandoned hotels are just a good staple, like that, or an asylum or a hospital. Mm. They seem to be sort of the the easy easy low hanging fruits to go to. But I liked that they showed in the trailer some gameplay of the of the lead character you're playing as, sort of walking through, and you're seeing sort of the light dancing through the rooms and. Um, some lightning um, flashing in in one of the scenes there and like it looked gorgeous like it looked had some sort of shining vibes in some of the rooms in the Mm -hmm. hotel and the the era for for where that hotel i guess was was at its peak so i i can't wait for it and um i'm really excited and as you said i hope they just they stick the landing on this cool things we don't have to wait too long it's going to be out around launch for the series x so uh this will be this will be an early purchase for me and i can't wait to to give it a go and, and get very scared and, and listen to those two contrasting soundtracks, which I like that idea for as well. Mm. I wonder if they're going to have sort of like who their equivalent to Pyramid Head's going to be. Ooh. Like if they are sort of paying a lot of homage to, uh, to Silent Hill, they're going to have a constant big bad. So I'm curious to see who it's going to be. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right. The second last game uh, on the list here. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is obviously the sequel to the cult classic RPG. Takes you to the underworld of Seattle as you choose to join one of several warring vampire clans. This trailer was... What the... (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, it was something. Like, it started... And you know what? Like, graphically, I've got to say, the trailer looked bad. Like, 
it looked dated like it looked like it was meant to be on a previous console um but you know it looked like the right amount of fucked up for me with like how they were establishing that scene it was like okay I get it and then it kind of switched and then it kept on switching between people and environments and I'm like wait what's going on and then and you know that gif or that little video sequence where it goes are we the baddies like that's kind of like what I'm like what's going on here so it was confusing and then the graphics just kind of made me go what is going on like what is this game and then it came up and I went ah yeah, I think I think the the graphics got better as the trailer went on, but opening with that scene in the house with this vampire dancing around and he's got these these corpses on on puppet strings around like a Christmas tree. Mm. Uh it was so bad and when they did the sort of tight shot like fair enough, the corpses could sort of get away with a little lower detail because they are cut up and positioned in weird ways, but then they sort of brought this vampire and they sort of showed the the full portrait shot and his hair looked like just one big piece. It was GTA. Like it was, you know, and when was GTA made? Like Many, G- many, many moons ago. Yeah, and so- uh, yeah, it was. Ugh. But love me some vampires. Uh, the first uh, Vampire Masquerade fil- uh, first game was fantastic. Really? Uh, for back in the day. But obviously it looks like they're using the same graphical engine from back in the day. So um, mm. we'll see. I like like that sort of vampire meta and, and some of the things they can play with that. I like that you can sort of choose which clan to sort of side with and, and sort of work your way through the, the Seattle vampire ranks. But yeah, it, it didn't it didn't sort of get me massively excited watching this trailer. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Okay. okay. So, okay, you viewed the trailer as a person that's familiar with the game. I viewed the trailer as someone that wasn't familiar with the game. And if it was trying to grab a new person to jump on board, they lost me. So I can only imagine how many other potential people they lost. I'd say a fair few because it was one of the games that was getting beat with the stick the most on the internet after this, especially Mm. like from that graphical side, like some of the some of the in-game uh footage they showed where you are traversing and jumping across buildings and and fighting and going to war with people that didn't look too bad but just some of those sort of in-game rendered scenes were just it was was tough sledding yeah very tough sledding i just i wonder like did they do they view it like that or maybe it's just maybe it's a small team and it's taken so long like I don't know, like, I don't know the reasoning behind it, but unfortunately, yeah, amongst all the other trailers shown, that one stood out. Yeah, for reasons. some of the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the last one, if we're going down the alphabet, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is the seventh mainline Yakuza or Yakuza game, makes some major changes. Not least, it switched to turn-based RPG-like combat. It's also coming to Xbox far more quickly than previous installments, and it's now a next-gen title. It is smart delivery enabled, and holy moly, this thing looked bonkers. It looked so wild. I was like, what's going on? This guy's got magic powers. This looks awesome. Yeah, he's cruising <laughs> around with his super super enhanced baseball bat and mm. doing crazy battles. And it's it's just Yakuza insanity. Like they've yeah. gone from being so embedded in that culture and trying to be as real and true to it as they can to just going you know what let's let's sort of sprinkle some of that crazy like saints row zaniness on top and see what we come up with here yeah like i can see that actually like at first i was kind of like okay like what's going on and then it just got more crazier and more crazier and i was like yeah i'm on board i'm on board i'd like to play this 
Yeah, it looks cool. The, the one thing that made me sort of go, mm, is the turn-based RPG combat. I wanted yeah, like real-time running around, swinging that bat and just getting getting bananas with, with this game. But we'll see. We'll see. Mm. They're, they're, I can't believe it's the seventh mainline Yakuza game. It's a few now, but I guess they don't number them all like majorly. Like they usually got like a subheading or something like that or subtitle. So mm-hmm. yeah, for seven. Seven. But yeah, next gen title, smart delivery enabled as well. And uh, yeah, Xbox sort of getting involved because typically it's been a, a Sony franchise with Xbox mm. sort of getting crumbs many, many years ago. But the fact it's uh, sort of dropping dropping on our release date across those platforms, it's a good little win there for, for Microsoft. But yeah, Xbox Series X announcements via the inside Xbox uh, online platforms. What did you think overall? Do you think it was a success? Do you think it went well for Microsoft? What's what's your stance on the thing overall? I thought it was good. I actually really enjoyed it. And I'm going to be happy if this is what they do in the future. Like it was the right amount of time. Um, the conversations that they had, like usually we would witness interviews awkwardly live on stage and it was always just, you know, like the person would have nerves and they'd be anxious because they're, you know, doing a live interview or, you know, whatever. So at least when everyone had to record at home, it didn't feel so awkward. And it was like, you know, a little bit more obviously manufactured, but it just, it didn't have that awkwardness. And I actually watched it and I actually listened to what the people were saying, so um, I I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people have been saying some like negativity towards it, but you guys are never going to be happy. Like people mm-hmm. who just want to be unhappy are just always going to be unhappy. I know that people are disappointed with Assassin's Creed saying that, that you were going to see gameplay and I get that. That's disappointing, especially if you've been looking forward to it and you feel, you know, baited essentially to watch it. But just remember there were all these other developers that were showing their trailer for either the first time or whatever and they were probably excited anxious to get it out there so as much as you want to be angry at something else just remember that the overall event was for other titles as well so see some positive within 100 I'm, I'm with you and, and i like that they've sort of got out front and center on these things and saying they're going to be doing a lot more of these over the coming months so this wasn't just a one and done they're going to be drip feeding these out almost every month and off the back of Summer Game Fest as well that's been announced through Jeff Keighley. We'll probably see some of the sort of cross-pollination with Microsoft and his event uh, over the next few months as well. So I'm looking Ooh. forward to July and the the focus on just Microsoft-centric studios and content. So I'm really keen to see yeah. how that comes out. Hopefully, uh, Aaron Greenberg gets a better webcam by then because um, <laughs> did you notice he yeah. was rocking like this thing from... 1995 uh compared to everybody else i'm like man Come on, you knew stuff. you were gonna do this someone send him a, just a, a logitech exactly. even just the old c920 send him something that's exactly what i was thinking you think they would have done just a quick message of like okay guys you're gonna be recording like is everyone he probably no he was probably just like he's like yeah i got a webcam mm. i can record yeah it was so noticeable <laughs> especially because he led the thing off so i'm like oh okay yeah. This is this is gonna be a journey, but it was fine. It was still it was. it was still watchable. It was great. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what else I like? New releases and events. I like new things, and uh, we've got a few more games dropping this past week. But I wanted to highlight one that I think we're probably both in agreement for. And that's Star Wars Episode One Racer 
drop it on the PlayStation 4 and the Nintendo Switch this coming May the 12th. Get hype, baby. You picking yeah. this up day one? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, if I really remember. But um, yeah, definitely. I've been like waiting and waiting for this game to come out. I've been watching a Funhouse video where they play like the older one. And oh, I'm just like so hyped to play it. It's such Hell a stupid yeah. game. You pick, but you pick it up on the Switch? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Me too. Can't wait for this. So May the 12th, Star Wars Episode 1. Racer makes his way to the Switch and the PlayStation 4. Weird, no no Xbox sighting there. I don't know if that'll come out down the line, but just PlayStation 4 and just the Nintendo Switch for now. A few other games coming out. I guess the other one you could mention, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey makes its way Ooh. to the Nintendo Switch on May the 14th. Love the Oddworld franchise. Yeah. The Munch sort of offshoot was good and a little bit different. You're not playing as Abe in this one. I didn't play it, so I might take this opportunity to actually play it. Give that a look. But what else I wanted to mention as far as new release and events of note that are coming up this week, the cast of the acclaimed sitcom community with the notable absence of Chevy Chase will be reportedly reuniting this coming week for a virtual table read and Q&A to benefit charity. The reunion even sees the return of Donald Glover who exited the show in its fifth season. Glover joins co-stars John McHale, Gillian Jacobs, Danny Pudi, Yvette Nicole Brown, Alison Brie, Jim Rash, Ken Jong, and creator Dan Harmon for a table read of the season five episode, Cooperative Polography, which aired in January 2014. The table read will be shown in its entirety, along with a Q&A of fan questions on Monday, May 18th at 2 p.m. Pacific time via Sony Pictures TV community YouTube page, according to Variety. Community fans may submit their questions via social media using hashtag AskCommunity and tag at CommunityTV. The virtual table read is designated to aid the COVID-19 relief efforts of the charities Jose Andreas World Central Kitchen and Frontline Foods. So, goddamn, the band is back together. Uh, the episode in question they're talking about here is the one that actually after Pierce Hawthorne, who was played by Chevy Chase, that's his funeral. So that's why they have cleverly wrote him out of this because obviously he became very hard to work with on the show for many years Mm. and they then bounced him off the show. But man, to get the whole band back and even Donald Glover, who uh, hopped on Chevy Chase's uh, yacht in season five and sailed off into the sunset never to return, uh, is back. Wasn't the yacht called Childish Gambino or something like that? It was something child. I don't think it was called Childish Gambino. Something. Oh, yeah it was something in relation to like him essentially moving on to his music career but um uh i mean this is great i'm actually seeing a lot of um you know like old casts getting together there's um someone brought together the goonies um and i think someone's also bringing back um the cast of like back to the future as well and they're all doing it you know via zoom so i i, I just love how inventive people are getting with like you know, for charity and just getting a little group of people together and just getting involved. It's been great. And we're, and we're all benefiting from it as fans. So, a hundred percent. Childish Tycoon was the yacht's name. That's it. So, yeah, a little, little nod to his musical career there. But yeah, I can't wait to see the band back together because this show is so near and dear to my heart. And I was just sad to sort of see, you know, for those final few seasons, just core members of the cast leaving 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 only to leave sort of a few remnants left to sort of get through those six seasons but uh i have no doubt we'll probably end up seeing a movie eventually as part of the meta you know the six seasons in the movie request i think it's going to happen i think it's a matter of if not when so i mean when not if i should say 
But yeah, I'm, I'm keen. The fact it's uh, dropping in about nine days' time. Don't have mm-hmm. to wait too long to check this out. Be available via yeah, the Sony Pictures TV community YouTube page. If you want to get involved, hashtag ask community and tag at community TV. It'd be pretty damn cool to have your questions sort of addressed by the crew from community. So I'm going to try and think up a few and, and fire them out there and uh, you know cross my fingers and uh, hope for the best on that one. Yeah. Pocket full of Hawthorns. <laughs> what what is your favorite community episode? Um it's tough like I really really love the early paintball episodes. I think they were oh. so well done. The zombie outbreak episode on Halloween I think was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Especially with Troy and Arbed dressed as uh you know Ripley in the in the loader and and Arbed as the as the xenomorph. Yeah. Oh no, and then he turned into sexy Dracula. Yeah, I'm sexy Dracula, yeah. and he's just wearing yeah. like a napkin around his neck. It's it's a toilet seat cover thing. <laughs> oh, that, okay, yep. yeah, makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> that and I, I like the um the episode where they they play the '80s game where Giancarlo Esposito, like um, Chevy Chase's brother, in the yeah. in the um to to win the inheritance. I think that's right up there as well. That's um one of my favorite episodes, and also the one where they play the game and they roll the dice and it's the alternative universes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that is up that, there. And yeah, that's up there. So many quotable favorite. lines and, and gifts and I love that they go back to that episode in future seasons where they have the, you know, darkest timeline Dark, Arbed yeah. rock up and, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've got to rewatch it. I love it so much. Yeah. All right, so let's move into the final part of this episode. Sweet of the week. This comes via way of at Lions, which are for you numpties out there that would think maybe it's Simba or Nala. It's actually the Detroit Lions NFL football team's Twitter handle, at Lions. Uh, they, they sent out a tweet this morning. This is hot off the press. Big shout out to at Animal Crossing for holding it down while we wait for football season. And they've, they've done a video where in the game, they've announced their schedule for the upcoming uh, you know 2020 slash 2021 NFL season where they've got, you know, avatars of, of players from the Detroit Lions team running around the island and, and sort of standing near things. So, uh, you know, when they play the Chicago Bears, there's a big bear plush toy and things like that. Yeah. It is so well done and um, such a fun little little video. Six minutes this thing goes for. Like, it's, it's a journey. <laughs> uh, but it is so expertly crafted. What do you think about this? It's great. It's, it's extremely creative and it's actually really impressive. And I know this is me like, you know, putting focus on a, maybe a fake stigma or whatever, but like seeing like, I guess the jocks, you know, like footballers coming into this like gaming universe and just obviously taking advantage of it because, it, you know, Animal Crossing is the hot new thing and it's the most um, probably common game between people of like gamers and non-gamers alike and so they've just you know jumped on board someone incredibly creative you know put this together and put in the time and it's great like I'm not a Lions fan um I'm barely into NFL anymore but I've watched it and it was I thought it was great I thought I loved the little reference I love that they made the um Reds boat the vikings and there's like ah oh, too sketchy to go in there <laughs> and like it's great and they buried the bear so yeah it was great yeah, i, I appreciate it. the nod and as a vikings fan i thought that was uh really well done but yeah it's cool to see yeah like what you said those stereotypes get knocked down where this is typically a hyper masculine jock yolo bro type of world mm. with nfl 
and you see it fused with the game like Animal Crossing. Like yeah. this game is breaking down barriers the way Pokemon Go has and still is. Like, yeah. you know, like we're seeing um, Animal Talking, which is the the sort of online talk show that Gary Witter's putting together. Wow. Uh, it is going from strength to strength. Obviously, <laughs> uh, it looks like you might have Reggie from Nintendo fame making his way there. Um mm. It is something cool. Have you watched many of those episodes? Yeah, I've actually been trying to switch in um, like when he's done them live. Um, and it's just like really adorable because he himself is, he's the cameraman. He even has like a little like, you know, guy playing the drums and the guitar next to him and clapping when he needs to clap. And he's got it now. He's got an intro. He's got like, you know, like a clap track and everything. And it's been like, it's been covered quite a lot. So um, kudos to him for being just like clever again and just coming up with a really, I guess, a simple concept, but no one else had really done it or done it on his level. So um, yeah, it's great. It is blowing up. The yes. the celebrities and the people that are like yeah. interacting with him on Twitter saying, yeah, I'm interested. Slide into my yeah. DMs. Let's talk more about this. Like it's huge. And as you said, it's getting covered by so much mainstream media. Like it's mm-hmm. really cool to see uh, and, and shout out to, to Gary. Like he's a very talented man. He's mm-hmm. a hell of a writer. And, and this looks like it's the next sort of rocket to his back to, to further stardom and a more notoriety out there. So um, yeah, Animal Crossing, bringing worlds together. Hell yeah. Actually, I'm going to do a really big, big segue because you're probably going to say, do I have anything else to say or add? Um, Gary Witt has just announced that he and Game Over Greggy, who some people who are into kind of funny might know him, they're going to be doing a writing as comic excerpt for a Joker um, because um, DC is doing an anniversary book for Joker because I think it's his like 80th year, 80th anniversary. So they're going to be releasing this book, which is going to have a bunch of stories for Joker and Gary Ritter. Gary Witter is actually going to be writing in it. So um, I think like all our comic book fans out there should probably just check it out. So that's huge, and and you know you know that would mean an awful lot to the old uh, Greg Miller himself. Oh, like uh, his boy. star, you think it can't shine any brighter in this gaming space, but he keeps finding ways to uh to further <laughs> elevate. So good on him yeah. for for che- checking off no doubt another thing off he's he's probably very short bucket list these days yeah it has to be short now what's the last thing for him walk on the moon but um yeah for dc fans um check it out it's going to be the 80th anniversary of the joker 100 100 percent. but that has been one of our longer episodes for quite some time a lot of a lot of deep diving on inside xbox and throwing around those opinions like we love to here but miss mm-hmm. hart pretty much done got nothing else to say before we say bye-bye nope nope all right nope. well let's uh Let's fire up the outro engine. And um, yeah, obviously, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, us and all the other podcasts in the hashtag 8 Collective on iTunes. Follow us at We Are 8 as a Collective. But until next week, 8 Nation, much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.